It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we got to make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You could tell them other guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King. Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring. The most in-depth coverage that you ever going to hear. Well-respected in a city like Russell's career. It's raining Jay. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you, as always, for making us part of your daily routine. Whether you are a long-time listener, we appreciate the fact that you have been with us for that long time. Or a new listener, welcome aboard. We hope you enjoy the show. We're the Ren and Jays, John Corrales, Jay King. You know Jay King from The Athletic. You might know me from Boston.com and RedsArmy.com. And today we're going to talk about the video that was posted on The Athletic, Gordon Hayward's video on his recovery. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on in Phoenix, the firing of Ryan McDonough, their GM, former Celtics assistant GM. Let's start with a quick recap, Jay, a reaction to what we talked about yesterday. We were talking about Marcus Smart and that whole altercation with J.R. Smith. I thought he was going to get suspended. I think you you seem to be like sort of expecting that or wouldn't be surprised, but only a $25,000 fine. So do you, or were you surprised by the punishment? Give Jason Tatum and Terry Rozier a bonus. Totally. You got to give a bonus. He's got to pay them an extra twenty five grand. They, they saved him from a suspension because if he had thrown a punch, you never know how many games he's going to get. He looked like he had every intention of throwing a punch at J.R. Smith, but but Jason Tatum hopped in, Terry Rozier hopped in. Together, they wrestled him to the ground, held him there when he was very much trying to escape. We, we've we talked about this before. So many fights in the NBA are like, hold me back, hold me back, and nobody actually wants to brawl. Marcus Smart, was he was out there looking for blood, and Tatum and Rozier, they, they stepped in there. They earned their paycheck. You know, preseason doesn't matter unless you're trying to hold back your teammate from getting a suspension-worthy brawl. It's not just a teammate. It's an enraged Marcus Smart. Like that's It's not like you're trying to hold me back or you back. It's trying to hold pissed hey, off first Marcus of all, Smart. I'm, I'm fucking tough as hell to hold back. Uh, I mean, okay. I, look, you – you're you're you've gotten yourself back in good shape. You said you were gonna do it. I saw you. You're looking good. You're 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 back into fighting shape. That's great. But uh, you know, you're not Marcus Smart. I mean, like let's that's let's be that's, that's a fair let's, assessment. Let's, you know, that's fine. It's like it's like trying to you know corral a runaway you know tractor trailer. Like he's just it's hard it's hard to corral Marcus Smart, and they did a good job. That's all we're, that's all I'm saying. It took. Two professional athletes to hold back Marcus Smart. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I I thought that just based on the history, 
that the, the punishments would be worse. I thought, I thought Smith would get a bigger fine. I thought Smart would get a suspension. I mean, he's, he was very obviously lining up to punch somebody. And but he, they, they can't judge your intention. They can't. I guess, I guess not. No, it's true. It's true. And so he was held back and nothing happened beyond his initial push. And that's how the NBA has to judge it, I guess. So he, he really is lucky that Tatum and Rozier held him back because that was going to be a suspension. Totally. It was 100% going to be a suspension. Instead, he loses some money, but whatever. He, he's going to be able to play on opening night. He is. Now, my my question now is the next time the Celtics face the Cavaliers, how quick will there be a double tech with J.R. Smith and Marcus Smart on the floor? Like, as soon as Marcus Smart checks in with J.R. Smith on the floor, the refs will just give them both a double tech just because. Because they, they this is the second time that Marcus Smart has been prevented from throwing a punch at J.R. Smith. Tristan Thompson, after he pushed uh, Al Horford in the back in the playoffs last year, Tristan Thompson kind of got in the way and really helped – Stop Marcus Smart from throwing a punch. In this altercation, we were just talking about uh, Rozier and Tatum stopping Marcus Smart. It was obvious he wanted to throw a punch. I can't imagine that the referees, knowing all of this history, will let any, even sniffle, a side eye, anything that's going to be a technical foul. Like somebody's going to get ejected for nothing in in that next game, just so they don't have an all-out brawl, I guarantee you that that ne- the next time these two teams play, those two guys are going to be like on the shortest of short leashes. I'm all in for Jr. with no LeBron next to him. I think and I think Jr. Smith. Yeah, it, it could be it could be interesting out there in Cleveland this year. Um, it feels like, yeah, he's he's being <laughs> he doesn't have the he doesn't have LeBron next to him to kind of be like, JR, we need you. He doesn't have the promise of championship contention to rein him in. He's just out there doing JR things. And I think, I think he's going to have an entertaining season this year. I, I think JR is going to put together a lot of headlines for us this year. <laughs> That's just my prediction. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I totally, I totally see that. So that will be something to watch when. We uh, face the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, you know, since we're since we're talking about other teams, let's to tell you that other podcasts exist for other NBA teams. Like we're obviously locked on Celtics. If you're new to this whole locked on thing, there is a locked on for every NBA team. So when the Celtic, when something like this happens, and you want to hear how the the other team is is taking it, well, go to locked on. Cavaliers, those guys do a great job. If you want to get a preview of what the Celtics and the Sixers are are, are kind of going to be up against when a week from now they they kick off the season, go to Lockdown Sixers. There's a lockdown for every team. We keep telling you about Lockdown NBA, but I think one of the best ways you can do intel on other teams is to go to the other team's podcast. So whenever the Celtics face another team, Go to that team's podcast. It exists. Uh, subscribe. You can su- subscribe to all of them, and and they're all pretty entertaining shows. So there is a locked on for every NBA team, and go check them out as we move forward, so you can know what the Celtics are up against and what what that side is looking at. 
NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. I think the Suns are going to be super interesting now because they fired their GM, Ryan McDonough. And it's interesting to me because in all of the reporting, they were talking about how the last straw basically was his inability to get a starting caliber point guard in a trade. And it was reported that teams have been holding out for an unprotected first. Like they, they're playing the game. They're playing the negotiating game. We know that Phoenix wants an, uh, a point guard. Well, we're not going to part with our point guard for anything less than an unprotected first round pick, which is pretty stupid. That pretty stupid for McDonough to, to make that trade. But anyway, point is, That's kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. So, Jay, what I'm wondering is the Suns now have no GM. They have what has been characterized as one of the most involved owners in the game, which to me is the most meddling owner in the game. I think Rob Sarver is one of the worst owners in the game. And they are looking for a point guard. And if that reporting is correct... You have to believe that Danny Ainge, with an extra point guard, really, and a propensity for fleecing other teams, you have to believe that Danny Ainge is going to get involved in in this somehow. Uh, do, do you? <laughs> I mean, okay, here's the thing. I'm not convinced that McDonough's inability to strike a point guard deal was the reason behind his firing. Uh, I know that was reported. Not the that, reason, but the but, final straw. But they got rid of two or three other guys, at least, in their front office, um, including scouts, including other things. Those guys weren't all sent because, you know, they, they couldn't get a point guard. Um, another thing, if Ainge was going to strike a deal with the Suns for to give the Suns a point guard, presumably Terry Rozier – 
because he's in the last year of his contract, and that would make sense if you're going to trade someone, especially now that Kyrie Irving has declared he intends to sign with the Red with the Red Sox. I've been watching baseball <laughs> with, with the Celtics for to stay with them for the foreseeable future. He could have done it, and he would have done it, I assume, while Ryan McDonough was still there. So I don't, I don't think this is a thing where Danny Ainge, uh, you know, this uh, some new GM comes in and it changes Ainge's outlook at things. I think McDonough was interested in getting a point guard. I think the Suns have been interested in a while in getting a point guard. And if Ainge had been interested in what the Suns were offering at the time, now maybe the offer changes because of the new GM. Maybe the equation changes because of Irving's you know, declaration that he intends to sign with not the Red Sox, but the Celtics. If he signed with the Red Sox, that'd be awesome. I bet he'd be a pretty good baseball player. He's probably got great hand-eye coordination. Uh, I've heard he's a good fielder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he, he could be could at least a pinch, pinch runner. Pinch runner. So, yeah, sure. So he'd be something. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like with his handles and everything, he'd probably be like a middle infielder or something like that, second baseman. Yeah, I bet I bet he I bet he'd be a legit second baseman. Yeah. I don't maybe all field no all yeah, all field no bat, but who knows? Oh, whatever. Who knows? Anyway. A- anyway. <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm still not sold the Celtics will trade anybody on their roster. Um but obviously Rozier now and and even before, he he's one of those guys that if you're looking at first of all, the roster as it's constructed, they have a lot of guards. And they have a lot of proven guards. And second of all, they're going to be paying a lot of money to this team. And so they're going to have to make some financial decisions down the road. I think that's why people even talked in the first place about whether Terry Rozier would get traded over the summer. He didn't. He's still in Boston. I expect him to stay in Boston. Um, but, yeah, the, the Suns are certainly – they're an interesting team to watch. Now, how dumb are they? How dumb are the freaking Suns? They want to – Okay, they they want to fire they want to fire their GM, but first first they let him use the number one overall pick, and right. first they let him hire a new coach, right? And first they let him go to free agency and sign Trevor Reza, who sort of changes the direction of the franchise. Um, although I think it was a good signing, but it's just like why don't you freaking fire the guy before the offseason? Exactly. Such a pivotal offseason. Timing was just terrible. You guys are so dumb. If you're it's- thinking about firing the guy, fire him and let the new guy come in and make all of these important decisions. It might have been the same same decisions, but whomever the new GM is has is stuck now with those decisions and it's yeah the time and, and is terrible. Knows, the new gm he could have been a luka Dockage guy he, he could have been somebody who would have hired a different coach right now now he and the coach may have differences in view it's just so dumb the suns have been a poorly run team for a long time and i don't think i mean i know ryan mcdonough made some bad decisions in his time with the team most of all most, the most important one helped the Celtics quite yeah, a bit totally. because it handed them Isaiah Thomas, who then sort of became Kyrie Irving. And so the Celtics should should thank Ryan McDonough quite a bit, who he worked for them for 10 years before going to Phoenix. But just the way they handled his departure is weird. And like they say about Sarver, he he's super meddling. He's involved in all these decisions. There's 
you know, some some talk about how much Ryan McDonough even like made those decisions or made some of those decisions at least because of how involved Sarver is. So Phoenix is just a mess. And I like a lot of the players on that roster, but but there's they're still years away and now they gotta figure out a new GM and <laughs> God knows whether that GM will like his coach and his number one draft pick and it's everybody so else. So weird. It's so dumb. Yeah, it, it's a really it, the timing is just is the stupidest part. Like, if you just go on face value, you can say it's been what five years for McDonough. The Suns are still bad, and you can say this is uh, this is about the time in a tenure, just years wise, that if you haven't turned this, the the team around, then this is yeah, you lose your job. That's that's sports. But to to do it nine days before opening day when he made pivotal franchise changing decisions already that could have been made by a new guy. If you're going to change the direction of the franchise, do it before the draft. Don't do it now. And that's that's the interesting part about this whole thing. And and that's why I put a little more stock in that whole he couldn't get us that point guard thing. Like I, I I don't think that that's the only thing. And yes, they fired a bunch of people, but I just feel like well, first of all, Rob Sarver is just the worst. He and Dan Gilbert are just the two they they were the two architects of the lockout and they they are just horrible. I put them together as as two of just the worst piece of crap owners out there along with James Dolan. There are a couple of others. Glenn Taylor has, has not been great, but it just lets you appreciate, by the way, how great the Celtics ownership has been because they just let people do their jobs and they they basically stay out of the way. They're involved, but not meddlesome. So it's just it's nice to, you know, in a situation like this, get that appreciation of what the, the Celtics offer. But back to the basketball part. I, I do put some stock in in that reporting that they're probably pissed off that that he wasn't able to pull off what the uh, what what Sarver wanted and, and and that get that point guard. I don't think that Terry Rozier is going to get traded. I just I don't expect it. I think it's hard to trade a player in general, and I just think it's hard for for the Celtics to part with him at this point. What are they going to get? But at the same time. I just feel like Danny Ainge is the shark and there's blood in the water. And Sarver is an impulsive guy who makes bad decisions. He is now basically in charge of the, the personnel uh, decisions in, in Phoenix. If an unprotected first round pick from the Phoenix Suns is on the table, you kind of have to go for that <laughs> because the alternative is letting Terry Rozier walk and not getting anything for him, which I've said in the past has some value, but now that Kyrie is committed, I feel like things have changed a little bit. So I don't think Phoenix, which is going to be bad this year, is going to put an unprotected pick on the table. That's well, just look, I don't I think it's stupid to do that and they shouldn't do that, but I'm just going based on the reporting. I'm based basing it on Woj tweeting it out and saying that McDonough has been holding out because teams have wanted an unprotected first-round pick. And 
if that's the thing that got him fired, and I'm just it's it's just a lot of ifs. I don't know. Just you just got to go based on what's out there. If that's the thing, if that's the last straw, then maybe it's that Sarver was like, yeah, give the pick up. We're fine. We've got plenty of young players. Give up the pick. We need a point guard. If we get that point guard, we're going to be better, and that pick's not going to be very good anyway. Like Maybe that's what he's thinking. I think it's stupid. You think it's stupid. Most most smart basketball people would think that's stupid, but he's he's clearly not in that same in that same vein. So I don't know if it's there, if it's there, you've got Kyrie committed. You've got Marcus smart lined up. You've got a team that looks great. I mean, they're not playing great, but they they're supposed to be great and they should be great. I expect them to be great. You trade essentially your third string point guard who is probably going to go in the offseason anyway. <laughs> He's not, let's not call Terry Rozier a third-string point guard. But in, on this team, he is. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, he's a six-man-of-the-year candidate. Look, it is what it is, Jay. I'm not, say, <laughs> I'm not saying he's a three, He's not a third-string guy like an NBA third-string guy, but he's your third-string guy. Like, your backup point guard is Marcus Smart, right? I mean, whatever. They both play in the backcourt. They're both going to handle the ball. I don't, I don't care who's a point guard. He's a sixth man of the year candidate. He's not a third string point guard. But whatever. I, I get what you're trying to say. I just had to. I just had to disagree with that. That the phrasing. Fine. Yeah. Call it what you want. You, you're set. You're fine. Like Terry Rozier is a, a very good player. Losing him sucks in a way, but at the same time, you have a lot of depth and. He's not going to be around long term if you keep smart in Kyrie. So if you can get a a high quality asset for him in this situation, I can see him. I can see him going for it. I can see Danny Ainge poking around at least somehow being involved in all of this. That doesn't necessarily mean the trade's actually going to happen, but I think it's something to watch for. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Uh- I think you're probably reading too far into this one, but the Suns have been sitting out there as one of the logical trade partners. If the Celtics do move on from Terry Rozier, that hasn't changed their stance on what they would need to make that trade could change now. So they're definitely a team to watch now. Definitely with with a new GM coming aboard one week before this season because their franchise is so damn dumb. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that. I don't think Danny Ainge can resist a deal, and there's going to be a great deal there to be had. So we'll we'll see how how deep the Celtics get involved if they get involved at all. But by the way, I'm I'm feeling old now that James Jones and freaking Elton Brand are running teams. Oh yeah, oh totally. Wait, welcome to my world. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, you're a lot older than I am. So. Yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for constantly reminding me of that. That's all right. I'm embracing it. I'm embracing my my oldness. I'm, I'm fine with it. I got it. I'm growing out my salt and pepper beard. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm in a good place. There you go. The more you can tell that somebody's not in a good place, the more that they say, I'm good. I'm good. I'm in a good place. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're in a good place, man. <laughs> we'll see about that. All right. Before we move on, uh, we talked about the Locked On 
team podcast for the NBA. Remember that there's an NFL Locked On team podcast as well. For example, Locked On Patriots with Mark Schofield. He's out there breaking things down. You know, Mark Schofield is a former quarterback. He knows the game. He breaks things down uh, to very, very uh, intricate levels. So if you've ever listened to the Locked On Patriots uh, podcast, you know that he knows his stuff. So subscribe to that. If you're an NFL fan of any team, there is a podcast for your team. So we're out here doing all this work here like like we are on, on Locked On Celtics. Those guys are doing it for your favorite Locked On NFL podcast. So go find that. Subscribe to that wherever you find your podcasts. Last topic here. Gordon Hayward out with a new uh, video. He's out with this new video series detailing his recovery it's on and the video is on the athletic. Yeah. Subscribe to the athletic, everyone. I was gonna make a joke about the athletic, but you hopped in You're like a good company guy. Yes, it's on the athletic. It's on the athletic. Uh, I'd never, ever, ever try to scratch my own company's back. You do not. You do not. I'm not here to do that. But I just want to say. If you don't subscribe to The Athletic by now, you're so dumb. There is <laughs> there is so much good writing everywhere. We cover, I believe, all 30 NBA teams now. It is the best 5 or $6 a month you could ever possibly spend. And now we have Gordon Hayward videos. So hop aboard, grab a subscription, come read my ass, please. Okay. That's it's that's a, a perfectly J King promotion for the athletic. <laughs> <laughs> come read my ass, come, please. Come read my ass, please. That's <laughs> J King. Like if you just leave that quote out there, people will be like, oh yeah, J King said that. Uh, so <laughs> uh, Gordon Hayward put this thing out. Uh, I, I just want to say that I didn't need to see that injury again, and I know I know it happened to Gordon Hayward, but God. And more than seeing it, hearing it, because you can hear it happen. And that's the grossest thing to me about the whole thing. Like, I started the video, and it started that play, and before I could mute my computer, I I heard it happen. And that's the worst part of it, because before you know what happened, you know something happened. And it's just gross. So I'm angry at Gordon Hayward for putting that back into my brain. But it does give us a behind-the-scenes look at how hard he had to work and some of the things he had to go through to get back even to this as rusty as he's been. Uh, and I will say that Gordon Hayward's the type of guy that he, he's documenting everything. He's putting it all out there on video. We've seen workout videos like crazy. And apparently all those workout videos have been part of this kind of documentary of his progress. Uh and it's it, it's kind of wild to see how much is involved in this. And you, you don't even get to see all of it because if you saw all of it, it would take hours and hours and hours and hours. But it, it's an interesting look behind the scenes at recovering from a gruesome injury. That poor guy has had to talk about his injury so many times. Uh, he has had to rehash the worst moment of his professional career over yeah. and over and over again. And how much he was devastated by it and how low he got at times during his recovery. Like he has talked about all of that so many times. I I'm sure he can't wait until it's no longer a storyline. 
Yeah, but I mean, he's also a very willing participant in these videos. Like, he, oh, I mean, yes, he's he is. You know, <laughs> I mean, he's he's putting all of this stuff out there himself. Like, th- this isn't like someone said, "Hey, we should follow you around." He's like, "No, no, no." Like, he's very willing, willingly. But, doing but unless this stuff. I, unless I'm mistaken, and I could be, I don't totally know this. This is just sort of speculation. I think the Players Tribune um, bought like a, a documentary type thing from him before and then the videos came out later and it just happened like he he heard his, himself and that's why that was the focus of the documentary. Uh-huh. I, could, I could be wrong there, but I'm not 100% positive he signed up for like a documentary of the injury or whether he signed up for a documentary of like a great first season with the Celtics in a super exciting place. Right, right, right. So it, he might not have gotten what he signed up for. Right, right. Well, I mean, I don't know what the genesis of all that was. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. It, look, it sucks or having to like talk about. Sure. Yeah, it sucks having to talk about an injury like that anyway, it, regardless of whether you said, all right, let's do the documentary. It, do, it doesn't matter. Like, you're still talking about something very negative and reliving these moments over and over again. That's that sucks, but it does it, it does show some of the steps that he's had to take, and you get to see like that slow progression of it all. It, what really stood out to me immediately, him on the crutches and just the size of the cast on his leg was a big old cast. That thing, I mean, I don't know what they had to do at the beginning to kind of keep his ankle together. The, they must've had stuff on the outside of his leg because that cast was gigantic. I mean, that was just that, that very much stood out to me. And also his little daughter walking behind him, pretending to walk. Oh my God. So cute. So cute. Like just like heartbreakingly cute. But she, and she's like struggling too. She's like doing the grunt. She's like, ah, you know, yeah. doing the whole thing, hopping around. So it's that, that was the best. That's that, why that's daddy's why, always happy. That's why kids are the best because you can't you can't turn them down. Like, and even even like things like that, they love. Yeah, it's like, oh, daddy's hurt. I want to be hurt just like daddy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't really want to be hurt just like daddy, but kids do. Kids are the greatest. It was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. So. It's an interesting look. Uh, I think the uh, the mental toll, and obviously that's something that's a big a big thing for me anyway. So I'm always focused on that. Uh, the the fact that the mental toll was what it was, and it just it keeps popping up. It's hard for him. He, he they sent him to San Diego to clear his head. They the team sent him away so he wouldn't be watching basketball and like stewing about this whole thing. And then that whole thing that we've talked about here before that. That feeling like, oh, they're winning without me. Do they even really need me? That that self doubt that creeps in. There's a lot of that element there that, uh, because it is the Players Tribune, and they're not going to really dive into that stuff. But that's the stuff that I find amazingly interesting, and you know, that, that's tough. I thought it was also sort of hilarious. Like, did they have a professional v- videographer with them, like filming? Gordon Hayward while he's sitting on the beach in San Diego. <laughs> or, <laughs> That's true. Or was that, or was that just like a buddy filming the family and Hayward? I, 
that was kind of hilarious to me. Like, what? if you're shooting a documentary, you gotta have somebody there, there all the time. Getting this super dramatic freaking footage of Gordon yeah. Hayward sitting on the beach. Yeah, I was I was a big fan of that. Standing there as the tide washes around his ankles. Notice <laughs> that he was ankle deep in the sand and the waters around his ankles as the sun sets behind him and you know sets this silhouette. Of course, it's all dramatic. Of course. When you look, if you're gonna do a documentary, you do the documentary right. Yeah, they did it right. That, that was a, that was a that was a great video by the Athletic. Shout out to the Athletic. <laughs> uh, I don't know by- how many parts there are to this, but they, I'm sure there are probably uh, at least a, a couple more coming because that that still. D- yeah, uh, your guess is as good as mine on that one. Yeah, I don't know how many they're gonna be, but th- this video only took us up to like his first little tiny tiny jump shot. Where he left, you know, jumped off the floor by like a half inch. So there's still a lot more to to all of this that that is left to be seen. So we'll see that. If you subscribe to the Athletic, you'll know, and uh, we'll see what the next one brings. All right, that's it. That's the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you're not a subscriber, if this is your first time listening, I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed it enough. To subscribe, search for Lockdown Celtics wherever you get your podcasts. We're everywhere. Google, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. We're everywhere. If you are a subscriber, please, please, please give us that five-star review. Give us that good rating and share the podcast with your friends. Spread the word. Tell everybody. Listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Yeah, Jay King and John Corrales. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.